0: morning how many of you are half out of it so far huh yeah up too late road too hard i know that <laughs> you know the coffee will kick in probably what the hell um whoever is this belongs to thank you for letting me use it uh, it's it's a little white booklet with big type for bad eyes and uh it's gotten to the point where I'm losing my eyes. That's one of the things I never thought would happen in my recovery. I got here when I was 23 years old, and, and now I can't focus on the words all that well. Um, I'm real glad to be here. I didn't know that the George Washington Motor Lodge came without snow. I've always been here in February before. And it was really, I mean, it's been beautiful. The weather's been great. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. The program says 12th step and 12th tradition. Boy, that must be a sense of humor involved in that. Because, I mean, what do you talk about in the 12th step and 12th tradition? For me, you know, that's like a summary of the whole program. And I can't give you 19 years of experience in an hour and a half. There's no way that can happen. Uh, The real experiences are the ones for which there aren't any words. They're the ones where your heart gets touched. They're the ones where you watch somebody change from death to life. They're the ones where someone says something without having any idea what they're say they've said, and that triggers something in you which lights you up. And those are the experiences that it's so hard to talk about and so hard and hard to share. And, 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 and that's what these are all about. A lot of you have had an experience like one of those this weekend where someone said something that you went aha, you know, and it's not like those aha's when you know early on for me, you know, when I went aha, you know, I had to watch out because I was usually in trouble. You know? First thing I had to do when the light bulb went off in my head was unscrew the light bulb because you know those short circuits it's like what was it I used to not fire on all cylinders. I got clean and I started firing all cylinders and, and found out that the wiring was messed up. You know, and so I was out of time and out of sequence and I had to learn and learn how to rewire a little bit. Um, and that's helping. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to addicts and to practice these principles in all our I used to talk about the 12th step as a description of, uh, of recovery. And I'd, and I'd split it up having had a spiritual awakening and, and talked about the awakening of the Spirit, about spirituality, about changing from a self-oriented person, a, an obsessed, crazy Loaded, cut-off, isolated, lonely person to someone who rejoined the human race and developed a, began developing a relationship with a higher power. And I talked about carrying the message as being the sort of things that, that we do. And, and I, I talked about giving and changing from a taker to a giver and how a person who was practicing this thing we call recovery was not someone who took, 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 but someone who'd learned how to give, learned how to share, learned how to care about other people. And practicing these principles in all our affairs, I talked about a life based on principle rather than self-will. And I think all that stuff's true about the 12th step, but I think there's more to it. Today, my understanding of that twelfth step has changed, and I think there's some real things that you do in the twelfth step. Uh, I used to approach it as a as a description rather than as, a, as 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 a process. I separated it from the rest of the process, and I can't do that any longer. Uh, my life recently, when I started thinking about you know, the bits and pieces I thought about what the hell am I going to share. Um, My life recently, a lot of it has been 12-step stuff. Maintaining my awareness, maintaining my contact with that spiritual awakening, maintaining that spiritual awakening, and practicing these principles in my affairs, particularly, have been... A lot of what my life has been about recently. There's been a lot of frustration and disappointment. Oh, I, I kind of have to define terms sometimes. Frustration is the feeling I get when reality proves my life has become unmanageable. Okay? And I don't like that. You know, I don't like it when things don't go the way I have them planned. And I don't like it when my higher power says, No, Greg, it's my plan, not yours. I mean, I'm not thrilled. I get frustrated. It's going to be in, in the time it's going to be in, instead of the way I have it planned, and, and that's been, you know, that's what's been going on. Uh, my life is a lot like the movie Field of Dreams right now, and I'm at, the, and I'm at that stage where it seems like they're going to foreclose just before the the kids are saying they will come. You know, uh, that's where it is. <laughs> I mean, my life has been like that. Um, I had to watch that that movie again the other day because I got I needed to get that relift and that upcharge and that and that reinstilling of the, a reaw- or that reawakening of the presence of the Spirit uh, because I was struggling with my hope I was struggling with you know come on God can't you take a joke sort of stuff you know, and I needed that extra little bit of strength. Um... Today, when I look at the twelfth step and I, and, and I look at this idea of a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you know, to me, that's talking about the purpose of the steps. And it's talking about a change, an awakening, a rebirth. the, the beginning and the development of a relationship with God, with the Spirit, with a power greater than ourselves, with spiritual principles, with the truth, with whatever you choose to call that thing. He, she, it, they, whatever you choose to call it. An awakening, the beginnings, the birth of a relationship. And and I look at that And I relate it to my disease. You know, the physical, mental, and spiritual thing that I'm powerless over. In the first step, we admit that we're powerless over our addiction. And and that's the physical, mental, and spiritual. First and foremost, you know, the fact that when I put drugs in my body, something happens that I can't control, that I'm powerless over. And that I get into situations and... And my instincts say use when that's insane. When I know that's the worst possible thing. Or the mental stuff when I'll take anything wonderful and make it self-destructive. You know, getting strung out on anything. You know, or the spiritual lack of faith, lack of hope, lack of trust, inability to relate to others as equal, obsession with self. The awakening of the Spirit has separated me from that to a degree. Has made it possible not to suffer from that disease the way I used to, and I can't. You know, that's that's what it's been for me. It's been, it's been a freedom, a freeing. There's so many things I want to share about. I mean, surrender. To me, the point of surrender is a point of awakening. My surrender is an awakening of the Spirit. And I believe that we're, you know, we keep surrendering. You know, I love it when people come up and they say, Well, I surrendered to Narcotics Anonymous you know, once, four years ago. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, that's not my experience. Um, because although that's true, my life has become a series of surrenders and a series of awakenings. My relationship with my higher power, with the God that I've come to believe in, is growing and changing um, and evolving, just as my understanding of the first step and the second step is changing, growing, and evolving. And along with this idea of surrender, acceptance... That goes with each step. There's a point of surrender, there's a point of of acceptance that goes with each step. Um, is the spirit interwoven through all of that. And I'm so grateful. I'm going through, you know, the adversity I mentioned before. And yet, I'm not crazy all the time because of it. It's annoying. There are times when I get hopeless. There are times when I uh, lose faith. There are times when I get frustrated. But it's not like it used to be. It used to be something would come down in my life and I'd get nuts, you know, until I broke something. I was like that vulture, you know. Patience, my ass! So I'm going out and kill something. You know, I, you know, a mad bomber. You know, I would be planning, you know, destruction and death. You know, and just crazy about it, obsessed with trying to fix reality. I've got adversity going today. I get frustrated. I, I, I struggle with maintaining my my relationship with my higher power. I struggle with maintaining hope. Uh, but it, you know, that's like three percent of the time. It's not like that's all the time, and it doesn't consume me the way it used to, you know, which is a miracle. I, mean, I think about the stuff that I'm going through, and I try to think about having to go through that ten years ago. And there'd be no way I could have gone through it ten years ago. There'd be no way I could have gone through it five years ago. The stuff I'm going through today, um, you know, it's crazy making stuff for me back then, and yet today it's okay. Uh, what's happened is, is, as I had dreams unfolding, and everything going click, 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 and all of a sudden it's not going click, 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 click anymore. And I'm saying, come on, God, you know, yeah, but, yeah, but, and the doubt enters in again, and maintaining that awakening of the spirit and maintaining the practicing of principles, so far is carrying me through that fear, that uncertainty carrying the message you know what is the message of narcotics anonymous what's this thing that we carry what's this this thing that we all have or that we all are striving for that's a great question for a discussion meeting that's one of my favorite topics for a discussion meeting the 12 steps as we carry the message the attitude still suffers what's the message you know, I've come to believe that, that we're the message. You know, everything from someone, you know, getting up in a workshop and saying some, some, some wonderful, profound, uh, enlightening thing to someone going in the bathroom and scratching NA rules on the side of the, of, of, of the, the commode. Both of which have happened here this weekend. That's our message. I'd like to see more of the standing up at the podiums and sharing inspired things than scratching on bathroom walls. I think that's what we as a fellowship are striving for and we as individuals are striving for. But the reality is that we're the message, individually and collectively. What is Narcotics Anonymous? We're Narcotics Anonymous. I am Narcotics Anonymous and you are Narcotics Anonymous together. What's this thing called recovery? Look around. We are this thing called recovery. My sponsor for many, many years used to say, the greatest prayer someone can offer to a God of any kind is the way they live. greatest prayer someone can offer to a God of any kind is the way they live. And I believe that life's a prayer. I believe this process called living is a prayer. A combination of prayer and meditation. I didn't share at the 11th step workshop last night um, but I've come to believe real strongly that there is nothing but prayer and meditation, uh, and that's the way we live, in our in our consciousness. All that we are, all that we are conscious of is, and all that we focus on is, is meditation. What am I meditating on? Interesting question. And my actions, and behaviors, are a form of prayer. And what am I praying? And what am I praying to? And what's the message we're carrying? And what's the message I'm carrying? What message did you carry about Narcotics Anonymous this week? We tried to carry this message to addicts. There are lots of addicts. What message did you carry? What message did I carry? I hope that I carried a message That every NA member is important. That recovery is possible. That it's okay to be honest. That I care. That NA works. I realized that I didn't carry that message perfectly. That's the message I hope I carry, that there is a way to go for addicts who never had a way to go, that there's a way out of the hell we created or we found ourselves in, and that N.A. is for real, and N.A. is good. I suspect, if this weekend was like most weekends, that there were times when I did a good job of carrying that message, and there are times when I didn't carry that message at all, and I was so full of myself or so, or so tired or so uh, unaware of of the things going on around me, of my spirit and what was going on inside me, that I didn't do a good job carrying that message. Today, part of the way I approach the 12th step is seeking to improve the way I carry a message of hope through application of the 11th step. And actually... All the steps that proceed. Twelve. And I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody. But one of the ways I work a twelfth step, not only by standing up and being counted, not only by coming and sharing with other people or talking to someone uh, when I run into them or being honest, but by trying to improve who Greg is and, what, and, and the amount of time I spend dedicated to the spirit or dedicated to that spiritual awakening versus the amount of time I have I spend with my head in a dark place. There are a lot of dark places my head gets into. What about this message thing? The message is hope I've heard. Recovery from the disease of addiction. And maybe it's just that people really do care that we've been lying to ourselves for so long. One of the things N.A. taught me is that what I thought about reality was wrong. Or as the book says, came from misinformed people, something like that. What I thought about the way life was and what life was all about was wrong. I mean, I figure I took one good look at life when I was about that tall and decided I don't want no part of this thing and I started running. And I ran for a long time, and, and, and I ran as long as I could. And, and I believe, you know, that's true for everybody in this room, that we took one look at life, or maybe two, and decided, nope, not for me. <laughs> How can I find something else? How can I live in a fantasy world? How can I live in drugs? How can I live in this? How can I live in that? How can I retreat into, into whatever? And we, we said, i check out. You know, stop the world, let me off sort of stuff. And that's what I did. That's the story of my life. And regaining the world of the living. You know, the message that it's okay to come back and live amongst the living. That God is here and it's okay. That the Spirit will take care of me. And the message, you know, part of the message I have today is it's okay to trust a higher power, it's okay to surrender. I have a button that all it says is surrender, 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 and That's all it says on it. And I need to remember that. I almost wore it this morning because there is no substitute for surrender. And part of the message is that surrender works and surrender is real and surrender is okay. As long as my surrender is to a loving God and a loving spirit. As long as my surrender is to something power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity, that will care for me. I don't care for my will in my life. See, I used to try to surrender to things that would destroy me. And I've learned that for me there's a difference between surrender and resignation. I've resigned myself to a lot of things. Resignation is kind of like a passive principle, and surrender is an active principle. It's like that spiritual awakening. It's not something that you observe. It's something you participate in. It's not a passive principle. It's The awakening of the Spirit is a a participatory thing. Surrender is something you do. It's not something you observe. It's not something you watch. And it's a release. And and it's a very, very wonderful, powerful thing. It scared the hell out of me. I avoided it like the plague. You know, I did everything I could think of to avoid giving up. I even tried to fix myself with Narcotics Anonymous. I know what will fix me, N.A., and I tried to fix myself with Narcotics Anonymous. And it worked for a while. It seemed like N.A. was fixing me for a while. And then those little tricks that we, t- we teach each other that help like that, after a while they quit working and I had to look to a higher power had to look to that presence of that spirit. I needed a spirit in my life. I needed to experience an awakening of the spirit. And I had to work you know, some more of the steps. I had to find something to believe in. I had to accept the fact that I couldn't fix myself, even with N.A. That there weren't any shortcuts to recovery or spirituality. There weren't any tricks. I chuckle to myself sometimes when people come up to me, and this happens all the time. People will, someone will come up to me and say, "I've got something I'm struggling with," and what they want is they want a shortcut. They want a way to fix themselves. I mean, that's what I want when I go up to someone. I, oh, 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 oh. you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear about, you know, live by what you believe in. I don't want to hear about practices, principles on all your affairs or carry the message or, 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 or pray and meditate. I want a quick fix. I want some way to get out of the dilemma that I'm in without having to go through the process of surrender. And it doesn't work. You know, how often do the people, when they come to you, and how often when you go to people are you looking for that quick fix? Probably most of the time, if you're like me, most people come to me looking for a way to avoid uh, the process, a way to fix themselves. And the only way I know is to abandon myself to something that I struggle to believe in sometimes. And that's a higher power, a loving God. That's the only thing I've found, you know, and, and as I get more and more in touch with this thing, this. This, this message, maybe part of that message is the fact that I can't do it. That I can't fix me. That only you know, a loving God can change me. I can maybe do something about my behavior. But only a loving God can change me. And our steps reflect that. Our second step you know, talks about Coming to believe that a, that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. Certainly, a power greater than ourselves is not ourselves. I mean, you wouldn't have to say greater than; it would have, you know, maybe we would have said, "We've come to believe that we could be restored to sanity," you know, or something. Like that. But no, it specifically says something greater than me. And the third step does not talk about me running my will in my life. It talks about trusting my will in my life to the care of a loving God. Turning my will and my life, over to the care of God as we understood it. Yeah. And, you know, the fifth step says talks about admitting to myself, God, and another human being. It doesn't talk about thinking about how I have wronged my wrongs. It talks about actively involving, you know, a loving God and someone else beyond me. You know, And on down the line, the seventh step doesn't talk about, you know, and then my shortcomings were removed. Talks about humbly asking a loving God to remove my shortcomings. Doesn't talk about, you know, well, I am going to change my behavior and my shortcomings will disappear. I used to talk about the seventh step in those terms, too. If I changed my behavior, the manifestation of my defects, then my... Shortcomings and defects would dif- disappear. If I controlled myself, then I would get better. Guess what? That's not what the seventh step says. It says that I have to, in humility, petition a loving God for the gift of being relieved of my shortcomings, that I have to humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings. 11. Seeking through prayer and meditation to improve contact. With this thing I've come to believe in, God has understood him. Seeking to improve my contact with God and maintain. Seeking to improve my contact with reality. And maintain my relationship with, my, with reality. And God in all things. Myself and, and you. And this place and all the things around us. Seeking to maintain that relationship humbly with the universe. With reality. And that's a restoration of sanity. I got back to the old, you know, who's insane? Someone's insane who's out of touch with reality. A restoration of sanity is getting in touch with reality. And that's what we're you know, in contact with reality of the 11th step, and they're all tied together. And maybe that's a big part of the message. Now, sure, the message is there is a place for you. We who were certain that no one would ever accept us. We who are certain that there was no hope. We were certain who could not live without drugs. There's a place for us, and there is recovery for us. But the message is also God and spirituality. This is a simple spiritual, not religious program known as Narcotics Anonymous. And unfortunately, like what was read, I mean, that doesn't happen right away. That happens after we come to realize that we can't function as a human being either with or without drugs. I came here because I couldn't function as a human being with drugs. And it wasn't until I'd been here for a while that I came to believe that I couldn't function as a human being without drugs. Uh, Other than in withdrawal, you know, the instant thing that happened when you took away the drugs is I couldn't function at all, let alone like a human being. And I just lay there and shook for a while and hurt like hell and couldn't bend my, my joints. I did all, you know, threw up some, you know, you know, slept and couldn't sleep and, you know, went round and around and around and around like through a meat grinder. I mean, yeah, I mean, but, you know, six months down the road, I thought I had, I thought, when I thought I had all my shit together, you know, and I get devastated by the idea that, no, Greg, it's, you know, just not using isn't going to fix it for you. You still have to live with your feelings, you know. Or when that, 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 you know, that's like the curtain lifted off of those things. Oh, i got feelings. What are those after all these years? You know, and I'm going, oh, shit, what do I do with these? You know, um, you know, and, I, and I said, well, i got an idea. I'll try and fix them with this. I, I know how I can avoid these things for a while. You know, and, you know people, places, and things. Obsession. You know, all that stuff. You know, the message certainly is that there is freedom from all that stuff. The message certainly is that you know, there's a place to go when you reach the end of the road. You know, there is an inn, And it says, N-A, come on in. And that there's hope. And that there's another road on the other side of that inn. That's not the same kind of road. It's not a road of desperation. It's not a road of death. It's a road of living. It's a road of spirituality. It's a road of a spiritual awakening and it's a road of, the, of a message. And the message is the road. You know, the purpose of the path, the process, if you will, is to come to a point on the path where you no longer have to consciously follow the path until you become the path. The purpose of, the, of this process we go through is to bring ourselves to a point when we, when we stop working and practicing these principles and start living them as a natural way of life and becoming these principles. Becoming spiritual principles. One of the, another thing that's happened recently in the adversity is I've had to put a lot more conscious effort into practicing spiritual principles in all my affairs. I've had to work at maintaining my hope. I've kidded with a couple of people this weekend saying, you know, for 19 years, you know, I've flipped coins in God we trust sort of stuff. Um, At least that's what it says on on, on the United States coins. Um, I've trusted in God and come up heads every time. Everything's worked out fine, in spite of me, consistently, 100% of the time. All those times in my recovery when I thought there was no way to get out of this mess, as soon as I surrendered, God provided a way. As soon as I quit swimming upstream, the current would carry me. As soon as I spread my sails, God's love would engulf me. As soon as I got out of the way, everything would turn out just just fine. And that's happened again and again and again and again and again and again. again. I can't tell you the number of times when my head told me there is no way I could come out of this okay. In recovery. Hundreds of times. And yet, 100% of the time, absolutely... Once I surrendered, things turned out okay. My struggle has been to remember that. To live by that principle. To, to depend on it. I get a little adversity in my life. I get things not going my way. And I start going, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. In the face of overwhelming evidence that God's taken care of me. That spiritual principles at work. That things like... Honesty always works. That's one that I've struggled with, you know, at times, because I came in here and I didn't know anything about honesty. But uh, uh, the principle that we try to live by is the fact that honesty always works. Dishonesty never works. But I keep looking for shortcuts. I keep looking for angles to play and manipulations to run to get my way. I still flirt with that dishonesty, thinking, well, you know, it might work this time. And part for me of practicing principles in my life is saying, no, Greg, it won't work this time. It never has worked. That only by being honest will things work out. Only by living by principle will things work out. Only by doing it the the way the program teaches, will things work out? Uh, how many times have we wanted to tell that white lie, or cheat just a little bit, or manipulate it? How many times? I mean, I don't know about you, but that's one of the things that happens most often in my life. I'm, I, I get, I get into a situation and I start figuring, <laughs> how can I fix this? How can I get my way out of that? How can I control this? There is no substitute for surrender. That's another one. How do you maintain your surrender? How many times have we taken it back? Thirty seconds after we said, Okay, God, I can't handle it. Then the sun comes out and we're going, Well, God, I was just kidding.
1: <laughs>
0: You're right. I couldn't handle it. Thanks a lot, God. Now it's my turn. <laughs> you know, my move. <laughs> you know, and we're going, Oh, no. <laughs> you know, how many times? You know, to me, the ability for me to practice principle in my life, to stick to principle, you know, has been a fair-weather friend sometimes. Has been inconsistent. And something that I struggle with. You know, today, with the stuff going on in my life, my head, my intellect knows. Keep living by principle. Trust your higher power. Be honest. Be open. Consciously make a decision to turn your will and your life over to the care of God. Admit that you're powerless over your addiction. Do all the things that we're taught to do. Take positive action. Involve yourself in the process of reciprocity. Involve yourself in the process of surrender. Involve yourself in the spirit of hope and trust and humility. Involve yourself in positive spiritual principles and all will be well. And then I go, yeah, but. And then I go, maybe I can fix this. And then I go, gee, I got an idea. (laughs) You know, and I doubt all those things. Because up here, knowing up here is not the same as really, really, really feeling down here. You know, there was a time fairly in my first couple of years of recovery where I kind of, you know, I was I was really a pretty happy camper early on. It was kind of like, everything's great. <laughs> Ooh, that hurt. Ah. Somebody would say, it'd be all right, Greg. And I said, okay, good. It'll be all right. And I just keep on trucking, you know. Um, you know, and I, uh, you know, I. It was it was pretty it was pretty simple right there in the beginning stuff like that, because uh, I didn't have a lot to lose. <laughs> I knew that. Um, but. Not being aware of the things that hurt me. You know, that ignorance, that that bliss of ignorance or ignorance of bliss. <laughs> it's funny how those tie together. The bliss of ignorance is tied directly to the ignorance of bliss. And I'm using bliss in the, in the Joseph Campbell type, you know, follow your bliss, follow your path, follow your spirit. My ignorance is tied in my lack of surrender, my lack of contact with higher power. Here I am today. I know what the answers are, but I still have to feel the feelings. <laughs> you know, I still have to feel the, the frustration at times and the, the fear and the disorientation and the doubt. They don't have the kind of power that I have, but I've never been able to control those things. There are some actions that I can take to consciously practice principles in my life that work. And to me today, the twelfth step is also about making a conscious effort to practice principles. To have a conscience. To develop a personal conscience and a group conscience. To learn about spiritual principles and consciously practice them in my life. Use those spiritual principles as a basis for for my decision making and my actions. I believe that group conscience could be defined as our collective awareness of, surrender to, and application of spiritual principles in our decision-making process, in our our active process. And that's true for me as an individual and us as a group. My awareness of, surrender to, and application of spiritual principles in my daily life is my conscience. That which guides my actions and decisions. Conscience. And to me, the twelfth step is about developing a personal conscience. Practicing these principles in all my affairs. Living by principle. That's an active thing we do. That's not something that happens as a result of these steps. Like a spiritual awakening. That's something we do. We involve ourselves in an active pursuit of principle. And we surrender, we let go, we stop listening to or try to stop listening to the voice that says in our head, no way, Greg, this can't work. Wouldn't it be easier just to go rip somebody off? Wouldn't it be easier to cheat Wouldn't it be easier to control? We let go of that distorted, diseased voice in our heads that wants to control us. We say no. We're going to live by principle. And I got the rest of my life to get better at that. Today, part of what I seek is to improve my ability to practice principles in all my affairs. That's kind of like thought to improve contact with loving God. Another part of what I'm about today is seeking to improve that contact. I think I'll do that the rest of my life as well. Seeking to improve my relationship with principle, seeking to improve my relationship with God, seeking to improve my relationship with you, seeking to improve my relationship with me. And they're all the same thing. Seeking to improve my relationship with principle, seeking to improve improve my relationship with God, seeking to improve my relationship with you, and seeking to improve my relationship with me. And they're all God. They're all the same thing. That's my twelfth step. My dream in life, my goal, my ambition, is to do that better. I want more faith. Because I firmly believe the more founded I am in the principle of faith, the less pain and fear I'll have in my life. My ambition is to get closer to God, because I firmly believe the closer I get to God, the more God will be present in my life. And my life will be expression of God's will. One of my ambitions is to learn how to practice principles in all my affairs better. Because if I... I don't have to get caught in, in, in the pain of self-obsession as much, in the pain of my own self-destruction as much. Those are my kind of goals. I've got a bunch of other goals that really don't have a lot to do with it or may have a lot to do with it, but you know, that seem unrelated. But, you know, if you really wanted to pin me down, what do I want? When I, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to principle. I want to be closer to love. I want to be closer to you and me. That's what I really want. I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer. I want more spirituality.
1: I want more!
0: (laughs) You know, and the harder I fight for it, the further away it gets. Because it's a process of surrender. It's a process of letting go of illusion. It's a process of letting go ego. It's a process of letting go false pride. It's a process of letting go self-righteousness. It's a process of letting go uh, the power I give my defects. It's a process of anonymity. You know, and that ties me into the 12th tradition. You know, I believe that spiritual principles all relate. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that the steps and traditions line up one on one. You know, w- one of the things I was supposed to look at, you know, the, are, are the things that, that were involved in the 12th step and 12th tradition carrying the message, spiritual awakening. Practicing spiritual principles in all our affairs, anonymity, principles before personalities. I can't, I can't find part of NA that those things don't fit into. I can't find a step that doesn't have all those aspects. I can't find any tradition that doesn't have all those aspects. And certainly, the twelfth step. And the Twelfth Tradition relate, but the Twelfth Step relates to all the steps in all the traditions, and the Twelfth Tradition relates to all the steps in all the traditions. To me, as I've gone on in my understanding and awareness and surrender to these principles, the harder it has been to separate them. The harder it's been to pigeonhole them into categories like one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. You know, that one we play for years and years and years. years. Most of us, you know, that's what I did at first. One, two, three, kick, you know, or focus on, you know, two traditions. Focus on, uh, uh, depends on which ones you want to. I mean, you can focus on, well, let's focus on unity and autonomy. And if you don't get crazy in the process, you can rationalize a, a lot of stuff behind the idea of unity and autonomy. Or let's focus on um, membership and uh, carrying the message. Boy, we can get real sick on that. Or let's focus on uh, group conscience and direct responsibility. Those are wonderful things. All, all three pairs are wonderful things. But if those are the only things you got, if you don't have the package, if you don't have the rest, they don't work. So the longer and the more I get into my awakening to spiritual principles, the less I can categorize and define and and try to hook. 12-step and Twelfth tradition together because they all overlap. It's a universal program. Spiritual principles, by definition, are things that that, that are always true, always work. Our basic text said true spiritual principles are never in conflict. That means they complement each other. They go together. They form a unity. They're part of a greater whole, the expression of a loving God. Spiritual principles are and an individual spiritual principle is part of a greater whole the expression of a loving God. An individual spiritual principle is part of a greater whole the expression of a loving God. One of our steps, any one of our steps, is an expression of many principles. Any one of our traditions is an expression of many principles and is a part of a greater whole. The expression of a loving God. I believe that. I strongly believe that. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of our traditions. And our steps. And the way we interact with each other. It's really one of the spiritual foundations of recovery and narcotics anonymous. The principle of anonymity. What's that? Does it mean secrecy? I don't think so. Secrecy is what I used to be like, isn't it? You now, hey, I'm gonna let you know who I am. Forget it. If I keep you, I need to keep you at arm's distance because you can't hurt me then, or I can't hurt you then. If you ever knew what I was like way down Deaconside, you'd have to reject me. So I'll stay secret. I'll stay separate. I won't be part of. As, long as I'm different. I have an excuse. I've got a button, another button that says, "Being an addict is not an excuse." I tried to, you know. Well, what do you expect? I'm just an addict. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I know what I did was wrong, but I mean, heck, you know, progress. <laughs> I'm just an addict. I'm getting better. I only ripped off $15. Not
1: $50.
0: <laughs> I'm getting bitter. Progress. We claim... You, know, right. you know. Being an addict is not an excuse. And I've used it as an excuse. And You've probably use it as an excuse, too. Or oh, when I, I have ha- a... When I have ten years clean, I'll, you know, I'll stop raising hell when I go to <laughs> conventions. <laughs> when, I, when I have a little bit more recovery, uh, um, uh, I'll, start, I'll stop uh, hustling the, the newcomers. When I'm a little better with my higher power, I'll stop seeking to abuse my friends and family. You know, and I use those excuses. Most of all, I use them to me. No. And I struggle with those excuses today. I'll get closer to my higher power later. when I really need it. After all, everything's going, mm-hmm. okay. I got time for that. Anonymity. Anonymity anonymity without name it literally means without name what's a name a name is the one thing i got that makes me different from everybody else it's, it 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 symbolizes my difference my specialness it separates me from every other human being i mean there's some gregs we got any more gregs in this room besides me yeah right there there's one right there any other Gregs in this room besides the two of us? Three of us. Three Gregs in this room. Well, I mean, my name is Greg, and you know there are only three of us that have that name. That separates the three of us that way, doesn't it? The rest of you are different. We share something in common. Ah, you know. You know. Are either of you a Greg P? See, I'm special. <laughs> I'm different. My name and not even my whole name has distinguished me from all of you, has made me different from all of you. None of you share that with me. And certainly none of you is a Greg Pierce. There, there are very few those. And there are even fewer Gregory George pierces. And that distinguishes me and separates me from every other human being. And that's my disease, being separate from every other human being. Chemically, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's my disease being separate from lack of anonymity. And I believe that by practicing the principle of anonymity, we let go of those things. We let go of our differences. We let go of all those specialnesses. We don't label and categorize ourselves with things like man, woman, young, old. We let go of all those labels join together as equals we unite as equals. Anonymity and the tradition says it's the spiritual foundation. that's a heavy duty statement isn't it? you ever heard what is that saying uh, a house built on sand or something like that? If you build on if you build on an, on a bad foundation the building's not going to stand. That's pretty important, isn't it? Foundation. That which supports us all. That's what that which makes us makes this all possible. That which makes our recovery possible is anonymity. It's the letting go of our differences. And it's so hard. It's so hard to let go of those differences because we're so used to them. I mean, how many of you always wanted to be different? I always wanted to be different. That's the only way I got any intention. I always wanted to be different. I always thought I was this free spirit. Huh? (laughs) I wasn't a free spirit. One of the big disappointments of my life after I got clean was I found out I was a lot more conservative than I ever thought I was. Oh my God! I found out without being loaded there are a lot of things I wouldn't do <laughs> comfortably. I mean, I tried to do them clean, and I'm going, oh my God, I don't want to do that again. You know? And I found out that I was more conservative than I thought I was. That I wasn't this wild and crazy person flitting through life without a care in the world. I never was that person. Even when I was loaded I wasn't that person. But I had my head trained to believe I was. Here head, come on, come on, roll over, play dead. You know, I mean that's why <laughs> that's why I used the purpose of getting loaded was insanity. So I could play roll over, play dead. You know? Stand up and beg and whatever tricks I taught my head to play or I fed my head to play. Anonymity, letting go of all those things. The spiritual foundation, the basis of recovery and N.A. That which recovery and narcotics Anonymous is built is the letting go of our differences and coming together so that when you and I are talking, And we are engaged in this thing we call Narcotics Anonymous or recovery. We join, we commune. The differences disappear. When we practice this thing called Narcotics Anonymous, which is a way of living, our differences disappear. And one of the things I've said. You know, as I really try, and part of my twelfth step, practicing these principles in, in all my affairs, is to try to always meet you as an equal, even though my head would say, I'm worse than, I'm better than. That's one of those things that I identified with when I first came around. Someone said, I felt better than and worse than. I felt superior and inferior at the same time. And I went, I never told anybody that. Letting go of that. I consciously try to approach each person as a manifestation of God. I fail most of the time. But I succeed sometimes. Sometimes I can set aside all our differences. And those are the most wonderful times. And that, that's those times when we meet you know, soul to soul, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And we unite in anonymity. And those are the special times. Those are those times that I carry with me to feed me, to give me hope, to enliven me, my spirit. Those times, those moments of anonymity, those moments of serenity. Anonymity and serenity are really closely tied together for me. You know, the book says uh, uh, surrender means we don't have to fight anymore. And anonymity is the absence of internal conflict. I mean, serenity is the absence of internal conflict. Anonymity or lack of anonymity is one of those internal conflicts. Separateness. Conflict. Difference. When I practice surrender, I get an anonymity. I get. surrender. When I let go of conflict, of differences, I get absence of conflicts and differences. Unity. Anonymity. Letting go of all our differences. You know what? That's the only way it makes sense running it through the traditions. I believe that anonymity is what's behind the we and the steps. And I may try to run quickly through the steps and the traditions. I've never run this anonymity through the traditions. I mean, the steps. I've run it through the traditions a number of times. And it fits in every tradition. And it's helped me change my awareness and understanding of the traditions. But I've never tried to run anonymity through the steps. Will it work? Will this idea of being undifferentiated? Unseparate, being united. Would that work in the steps? We admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. Is there any anonymity there? Well, certainly when I found out that I was an addict, I identified with that. That was one of the things that started breaking down the barriers to anonymity for me. As I came in here and I heard you saying things that made sense to me, that I could identify with, that I could say, I did that, but I never told anybody. I felt that way. Maybe I'm not so different after all. And so part of the chipping away at my identity, at my ego, came through my growing acceptance that I wasn't different, that I was just an addict. My admission of powerlessness and unmanageability put me on equal fitting with you, because that's where you come from, too. And it erased some of those barriers. Now, I still have a lot of them there. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That chipped away at that wall of difference some more, didn't it? See, because now we had a higher power in common. And we all realized that we couldn't trust ourselves and we couldn't fix ourselves. And as my belief and understanding of the second step grow, I, I moved closer to anonymity. We made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God who we understood Him. That decision brings me closer to you because you need to make that decision too. Someday. Just like I needed to make that decision too, someday. But our surrender and our decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God will unite us in the spirit. And chip away at anonymity. I made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, and that's how I learned about some of my defects and some of the things I used to separate myself from you and some of the ways I thought I was different and some of my patterns. Some of my self destruction. And the beginning of of changing those patterns was awareness of those patterns. It's kind of like, you know, I went through life sticking my hand on the stove going, Ow, that hurts! You know, and then I found out that every time I stick my hand on the stove, it hurts. Maybe I shouldn't stick my hand on the stove. And that's part of the pattern for me. The beginning of awareness of some of my patterns and my defects and my assets Brought me closer to you. You know what I learned in a fifth step? My first fifth step? That I, my sponsor wasn't so different after all. That I wasn't so different after all. And again, chipping away at anonymity. I get the impression that the 12 steps are a path to anonymity. And yet the twelfth step says, having had a spiritual awakening. That leads me to speculate about the relationship between anonymity and the awakening of the Spirit. And maybe anonymity is the awakening of the Spirit. And 6 and 7 became entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character that process, you know, although at first I thought that was something that happened kind of automatically when you did a fifth step. That process over a period of years has again brought me closer. Was again the shedding of differences. Was again the letting go of great ideas about how I could fix Greg and control my defects that I learned about in the fourth and fifth step. See, as soon as I learned about my defects, I wanted to control them and fix myself. Part, for me, part of that process of becoming entirely ready to have God remove them was realizing that I couldn't fix them and control them. That I was just like the rest of you, one more time, powerless over my addiction, unable to manage my life, and humbly asking to remove our shortcomings. That puts us again equal because... You know, I believe in the Spirit. I believe in a loving God uh, that touches all of us, that is all of us, that is in all of us and of all of us. And that humility, that setting, that establishing of a relationship, humility is a relationship. That establishing of that relationship with God makes us all equal. How can we be separate and different in a state of humility? Humility. We can't. Humility is about giving that up. Humility is about anonymity. Made a continued to make personal. I mean, oh, amends then. Made a list of people we had harmed. Became willing to make amends to them all. My secrets, huh? Those things that separated me again. The things I'd carry. The things I held withheld. The things I reserved the reservations. By being willing, by putting it down on paper, by acknowledging my harm, I was one more time eliminating the thing I I used to separate me me from you. And making the amends was clearing some of those excuses away. I can't be whole until I get rid of this one thing that's plaguing me. Oh, how will I do that? And once I got some progress on there, then I found that I was closer to you. Because I wasn't carrying that burden of guilt and self-hate as heavily anymore. Again, a unifying move towards anonymity. making a, Continuing to take personal inventory. Nana's wrong promptly admitted it getting away from self-pride and having to be right all the time, having to have the last word, having to fix it, having to be the expert, being able to, 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 to acknowledge and be honest about who I really am and that I screw up regular and that life's a struggle and faith is a struggle and anonymity can be a struggle and surrender can be a struggle. But that when I can achieve those things, is when I enter into the state of anonymity. It's when I become equal and when I become one with. Prayer and meditation. Improving contact with God. It's my relationship. It's funny. As my relationship with God improves, my need to be different and separate from you decreases. The closer I get to God, the closer I can get to you. Because I don't have to be afraid. As my relationship with my higher power improves, my need to push you away to be separate and, and, and distant decreases. And then 12, like I said, you know. Maybe the steps. They're a path to a spiritual awakening. But they're a path to anonymity too. And maybe my embracing of the Spirit... Maybe perfect anonymity is a perfect embrace of the Spirit. I don't know that any of us will ever get that. But that's a neat goal to work towards, isn't it? As I can embrace my Spirit and become one with the God that I come to believe in, I can approach a state of anonymity, a state of grace. Of not being different and separate, of not being better or worse, of not being this or that, of just being human being equal joined by God, of being one with you. I believe we are all the children of God. We're all brothers and sister, sisters related by God. And I, I look for the Spirit in each of you. And that's a journey, and that's a beautiful thing, because we have some bizarre ways of covering that spirit up. But it's there. And I've talked about in the past, I've talked about when I don't have time for you, what I really don't have time for is God. If I go to a meeting looking for disease, looking for illness, I'll find it. If I go to a meeting looking for the presence of God in you and what you say, I'll find that. And a big part of my meditation is learning how to listen, and listening for the God in what you say. When I can do that, that's anonymity. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on NA unity. The things we talk about in anonymity, all our differences are the things that keep us separate. Unity. The act of, of unifying is an act of joining into anonymity, is letting go of differences. You know, there's a direct relationship between one and twelve in the traditions. Looking at the common welfare instead of me and my and I and my ego and my wants and my self-will is an act of anonymity. Letting go of my specialness and differences and thinking that it should be my way. Having but one ultimate authority, a loving God, again, is anonymity. Letting go of those differences, my opinion and your opinion and this and that and that. We use this process called group conscience, our collective awareness of, surrender to, and application of spiritual principles to guide our actions and decisions. We use our relationship with the spirit and each other in anonymity as equals, as vessels of God's love and God's will, and expressions of God's love and will as the basis of our decisions. Anonymity. We set aside the the, the requirements. The only thing we require of each other is that desire to stop using. And we do that because we know. That without that, recovery isn't possible, except in rare cases. I didn't have a desire to stop using when I got here. I was not an N.A. member in my first few meetings. Just coming here did not make me an N.A. member. And just showing up doesn't make me an N.A. member today. It's when I engage in the process and enter into the anonymity. When I demonstrate and I make active my desire to stop using and stay clean. That my membership shows up. Anonymity. When I practice anonymity. When I join. When I come in. And I came to N.A. because I wanted to stop hurting. I came because my life was all fucked up and I was going down the tubes and I hurt like hell all the time. And I couldn't get a load anymore to cover it up. And the pain outweighed the pleasure. And then I came, after a period of time of being here, to have a desire to stop using. I came to N.A. for relief. And I found out I had to change. Staying clean has been no big deal. Growing up has been a bitch. (laughs) Entering into this relationship with the Spirit and finding anonymity has been the most difficult thing I've ever tried to do. And that's growing up. Entering in a relationship with the Spirit and finding anonymity. It's growing up. At least the way N.A. talks about growing up, I think. Each group should be autonomous. Except in matters affecting other groups or N.A. as a whole. Autonomy. Free from outside entanglements. Guess what all those things we use to separate ourselves are? Outside entanglements. Sex is an outside entanglement. Age is an outside. They're the things that get in the way, aren't they? Autonomy. Free from outside. Autonomy, believe it or not, is a statement of anonymity. You think that autonomy means a license to be different. But it's licensed to be the same. Without differences, you know, uh, autonomy is the great excuse of the traditions, isn't it? Well, our group can do what we want. We're autonomous. We can have special purpose meetings because we're autonomous. The issue is not autonomy. It's anonymity. It's the fact that we got to let go of our differences in order to survive. And that we try to maintain our differences. And structuralize our differences. We work hard and fight for our right to be different. And wonder why it doesn't work. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation. Anonymity, letting go of our differences. That's why special purpose groups struggle. It's because they're based on a denial of the principle of anonymity not autonomy. It's not membership. Those are the ones I hear. We can we can do, we can have this 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 weird this, this this special kind of meeting because we're autonomous. It's not the point. You can't have that special kind of a meeting because the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop using, and our primary purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. That's not the point. The point is anonymity. That the foundation of Narcotics Anonymous and Recovery is the letting go of our differences, our specialness, our ego, and our pride. Primary purpose. Again, anonymity. We keep our focus on carrying the message to the addict who still suffers. And the message in an- is anonymity as well as the other things i talked about. The message is you've got a place here, and you belong, and you can be part of it. And we're not going to treat you different. And for the first time in your life, here is some place you can fully and wholly commit yourself to and belong, and be part of and participate in. Isn't that part of what the message is? And that's anonymity. We won't treat you different. We won't look down on you. We won't separate you out anymore. We won't call you names anymore. We won't discriminate against you anymore. Well, discrimination is probably a bad term. Uh, Discrimination, I believe, is a positive spiritual principle. It's like, you know, the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, Maybe we won't violate your rights here. God, I wish that were true. Some of the saddest times I've ever had in NA is why I was watching us violate each other. Some of the most painful things that have happened in NA is when we violate each other and we throw anonymity out the door. We 13th step each other, whatever that is. Cripple fucking. We take advantage of each other and use each other violate each other. We don't respect each other. So painful. And it's when anonymity goes out the window. It's when self-will becomes more important than recovery. When I become more important than us. And recovery is about letting go of I and joining in. Being an individual together with, not separate from. Being part of a greater whole. That special piece that fits 100%, but not being different and separate we ought never endorse finance or lend the anti to any related to or outside enterprise. That's problems of money, property, or prestige diverse from our primary purpose. God, that's so full of things that, 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 that anonymity is counter to. I mean, all the things that tell us not to do are the things that we use to discriminate and not, uh, to separate ourselves. Endorsement is saying, this is special. We suggest it. It's different. It's better. Financing, well, we'll we'll lend our money to this. Lending our name. Well, they can use it and they're okay. They're different. Money, property, and prestige. Isn't that how some of the main... I mean, along with sex. Money, property, prestige, power, sex. Those are the things we use to separate ourselves from each other, aren't they? Age, race, religion... Lack of religion, sexuality. Aren't those all the things we use to separate? And this is a list of ways to violate the principle of anonymity. And says we should never do that. Every any group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. And somebody talked about earlier how the relationship of that to autonomy, and I believe real strongly that through application of our Seventh Tradition that we can remain autonomous, free from outside entanglements. A unit unto our, ourselves and our groups so that we can survive even if other groups around us don't survive. Um, but anonymity? Sure, anonymity. Uh, somebody talked about, in the Seventh Tradition workshop, talked about, uh, Vito talked about um, more than your fair share and, and not really... Not really being clear of that because his life belonged to NA, and I I believed that. And I thought about you know, what is more than my fair share? More than my fair share is any way that would, any any contribution that would allow me to dominate or enable the group. No member, non member, or small group of members should ever be allowed to dominate or enable any element of our service structure or any of our groups, which are elements of our service structure. No individual or group of individuals should ever be able to dominate or enable our groups, any element of our service structure. Because when that happens, what goes out the door? Anonymity. Anonymity. When someone dominates or is the chief enabler of the group, they separate themselves. They exit from the principle of anonymity. Narcotics anonymous should remain forever non professional. Professionalism is at total odds with the idea of anonymity. The reason they're professionals is because they got special skills and abilities. They're special. That's what a professional is. Someone with special skills and abilities that gets paid for doing what they're doing. An expert. I mean, that's that's the total opposite realm of anonymity. The idea of non-professionalism is a statement of anonymity. That we aren't different, that we aren't special, that we aren't experts. That we're all in this for our own ass and each other's ass. And that by pulling together, we can survive. Because we can't make it on our own. You know, I go to meetings today for the same reason I went to meetings 20 years ago, or almost 20 years ago. That I can't make it on my own. That I, of my own volition, will destroy myself without you. Anonymity. Non professional. I'm here for my recovery. By sharing and giving and opening and being honest and being available, I get to recover. I don't get paid. I'm not an expert. I get to recover in anonymity. Any of such ought never be organized when we create service boards and, and committees directly responsible for those they serve. Organization. Categorizing. When I think of organization, I think of a chart, a corporate chart. With all these little bits and pieces, you know. The reason we make and have established a service structure is to do those things for our groups, for our meetings, for the recovery process that would distract us, that would take us out of the realm of anonymity, that would specialize our functions and be different and all that, you know. We don't want to do that where recovery takes place. So we create these service boards and committees to take care of all that shit. So when we get together one-on-one, heart-to-heart, soul-to-soul, in anonymity, in a meeting, we can survive and recover. There is Anonymity is what gives us the atmosphere of recovering and the presence of the loving God. Without anonymity, with a, a room full of differences, there's no room for God. There's no room for recovery. There is no atmosphere of recovery. No opinion on outside issues. Hence the NNA might never be drawn into public controversy. Outside issues. Opinion. <laughs> I mean, all you got to do every four years is watch TV and the political every two years and the political campaigns and the attacks that go back and forth to know how opinion on outside issues separates people. And in here, too. Having opinion on outside issues is one of the primary ways we could violate our anonymity because we'd split into camps. And some of us would believe some way and some would believe another way. And you know what? It happens anyway. You know, we get divided over inside issues. We lose our anonymity and the ability to practice the principle of unity because of our differences. And yet we'll, we, we try to find a way to pull together. One of the sad things that's happening right now uh, in Narcotics Anonymous, is we are losing our anonymity and unity because of internal issues. We need to get those out of the recovery meetings. We can fight about those in back rooms. But in our meetings, we need to take those out of our meetings and join once again into what we're about. Carrying the message of recovery to the addict still suffers. Our public relations policy is based on attraction, rather than promotion. We, we need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. I mean, that one says anonymity. It's not too tough to figure out the anonymity of the spiritual foundation in the 11th tradition. Maintaining personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Public media. Not being a celebrity. It's not too tough when you're dealing with the public. We're pretty unknown, it seems like, in the public eye. And that's what this addresses. I think 11th tradition addresses our relationship with society. Every once in a while, somebody or some small group of people will, will cross that line and, 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 and get into problems with that and, and be thought of as a... As a, as a as a function of Narcotics Anonymous or as as an example of Narcotics Anonymous or as a spokesperson for Narcotics Anonymous. But that doesn't really happen any too often. We have learned to be careful about the way we do that. I mean, it doesn't take a World PI Committee to follow the traditions when we do public information. It doesn't take an H&I Committee to learn how to follow the traditions in institutions. I mean, as members, we can do that. We're not dumb. Um, Where anonymity really gets torn apart, I believe, is in the way we treat each other. And the way we separate and the celebrities we create within the fellowship. Um, Shit, there are a lot of celebrities in this room. And it hurts sometimes. Sometimes it feeds the ego and it feels good for a while until it hurts. If I can remember that we are all expressions of the same spirit, that we are brothers and sisters related by a loving God, that the purpose of the steps is a spiritual awakening which is an entering into anonymity, I got a chance, and like it says, adjusted for today, all will be well. Thank you.